right, I'd just like to welcome everybody back to another episode of the Down to Business Podcast here with Tamar Turner. And man, like when you get to sit down with, I, I love sitting down with people, as y'all can tell. You know, I got a lot of episodes, so I'm really, I've really just been enjoying myself. But particularly, I love when I'm able to sit down with people who I went to school with. It's, it's very, you know, dope. Just the idea of college is very interesting. It's just that the fact that nine times out of 10, especially if you're going out of state, you're going to be in places where you don't know people, in places where, you know, you come across different people, different experiences, life journeys, everything like that. So the beauty of that is that, you know, you kind of come, I came into this school being out of state and was able to meet a lot of dope individuals, some who play sports, some who just were organizational um, leadership and took roles that way. Some who just, you know, whether it be fraternity, Greek life, different things like that. Some who really just were then really stuck to the school side of things and did everything like that. But it's even been more dope to watch a lot of these people really live into their true call and their true purpose even after school, whether it be kind of what they studied and what they honed in on or whether it just be something totally different. So very excited to be sitting down with Kaya today. One, because like I haven't really got the chance to really sit down and politic with her much. Like, obviously, you know, we went to the same school. She played sports, though. She lived a different lifestyle, not a bad lifestyle, but I always just kind of associated people with sports. They just had a different schedule, just different things, just different demands and everything like that. But was definitely somebody who followed the podcast page, was definitely somebody who I did keep up with her on social media. But after following the podcast page from her business page, I was able to get, you know, a deeper dive, a deeper look into some things, a deeper look into really what she did and what she's doing. And so reached out to her. She was very willing to come on. And so we set something up. So very excited to be sitting down with her. Very excited to, you know, for her to give y'all what she has to give y'all. And hopefully y'all tap in after that. So Kaya, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. No complaints. So we're going to get a lot of people tapping into this episode. I already feel it. I already know it. So we're going to get people from both sides, my side, just side. And then, you know, we'll probably have some people down the middle. So can you just tell everybody one, a little bit about yourself and then two, what brings you on the Down the Business podcast today? Okay, so I'm Kaya. I'm the owner of the Lavish Lux Collection. The background of the business, I kind of started the business in the midst of the pandemic. Volleyball had completely shut down, school shut down. So I came back home and I was like, okay, I'm starting to get bored. And I really didn't have a job at the time because there was no need to since I was in school and I was playing. So I was like, all right, let me see what I want to do. And then I realized I had a passion for doing hair. I kind of always did hair throughout college, like doing my teammates hair and like a couple of the people from different teams that I knew. But I never took it seriously because I was really trying to go on the path of psychology. And that's what my degree's in. But then I was like, I prayed on it and I was like, okay, this is not what I want to do. I know I want to do hair. So once I started getting more of a feel for it, I finally tapped into it and was like, okay, let me get my foot in the door and start selling hair. So I just started off selling hair and then a year kind of went past and I started realizing the purpose of why I created my business. And the whole purpose is to reach out to women that have issues with their hair. So if they're having issues with it falling out or falling out a lot at a time, I'm kind of the person to come into play where I want them to be able to still have that confidence for themselves and give them that opportunity. If they want a wig, they can get a wig or just figure out a style that works best for them until they're ready to embrace their natural hair. So um, I started selling wigs about, I want to say right after I graduated. So I started making wigs and I started selling wigs. And um, I wanted to join your podcast because I wanted to shed light that there's so many reasons why women lose hair. And it's not just, you know, from cancer and losing it that way but there's other aspects of why women lose hair so oh okay look man i like it i don't i don't you know as you can see 
So, but I, I like that a lot. I love that just because one, it speaks to one what I was really speaking about in my intro, the beauty of college. The fact that, you know, you came in, like you said, psych major, really looking to get into that field, really wanting to propel yourself that way. But obviously after some prayer, after just experiences, after even, you know, like you said, doing your own teammates here, doing people who you knew on other teams, you, you started to find a passion for something. And I think that that's cool just because, you know, college, you don't necessarily just have to lock in. Yes, I can study this, I can major in this, minor in that. But at the end of the day, if I want to kind of go left with it or if I want to go right with it, I'm free to do that. If college allots you that amount of time, especially if you take advantage of that. So I like that. But something that you also touched on, too, is about, you know, I wouldn't even more so. Well, yeah, in a sense, you're debunking some some myths, debunking some stereotypes that with hair loss is not just attributed to one or two or three specific things. It can be an array of different things. And that can go really all the way back to background, you, genetics, anything like that. So, OK, so just thinking about you thinking as into the space that you were in already, like you said, the prayer really just starting that first year and kind of just selling it, really just, you know, getting it off and everything like that. But really, after you kind of did that reflection, you said, OK, I really want to get into the educational piece. I really want people to know not only the products and what they are, but why you're using this, why this happens and things like that. So why did you, Kaya, feel like, you know, there's a problem here? Why did you feel like you wanted to insert yourself to really help solve that and then educate people on that in the process? So um, this this year, earlier this year in April, I had gotten COVID and I was also stressing like towards the end of the semester. So I started realizing changes with my hair and I was like, okay, so my hair started actually falling out. It got to a point where I was just like, okay, I'm just going to cut it off and start over again. But people don't realize that stress can cause your hair to break off. And then also the aftermath of COVID, especially for a lot of Black women. I'm not the only Black woman that I knew that had an issue with their hair falling out after having COVID. So I was just like, well, there's so many other reasons why women lose their hair as well. So I kind of started getting into it. Um, I know there's different strands of alopecia. So there's issues where it becomes very painful or they just completely lose all their hair. And then also with thyroids, you can lose your hair that way as well. So there's a lot of different aspects of why women lose their hair. And I feel as though because we don't have that much information on, even for Black women, why there is not enough information out there of why we lose our hair. Why not someone who's in the field of doing hair do the research for them and kind of shed light that way? Absolutely. I love that you even brought up that point because that actually, you might have even been reading my mind a little bit. That, that kind of leads into my next question, misinformation, not a lot of information. So, you know, you were entering a space where I feel like a lot with African-Americans, with minorities, a lot of times when it comes to just our experiences, our genetics, just things that we go through, it's hard to really pinpoint things because we're such a unique species i'm saying we're, we're just we're it in a sense but at the same time it's hard to just you know you can't just google something and always find a solution or find the answer and different things like that but then on top of that you have these researchers you have doctors you have scientists whatever you want to call them oftentimes people who don't look like us though who don't experience the same thing from us who just study different everybody is still different but you know they come up with these hypotheses and conclusions and, and just different things that we sometimes consider and believe and accept as fact just because we don't know on our own so with from your perspective just you know, obviously, like you said, there was a lot of misinformation out there. There was probably a lot of non-information out there. Where did you really start when it came to, you know, figuring out what you wanted to communicate to people? The, the You knew the issue, you knew the hair loss, but you knew that it was so broad. So how did you, you know, really narrow things down? How did you really, where did you really look and start when it came to getting and developing your information? So a lot of my clients are older clients and um, 
I kind of noticed that they never were taking care of their hair underneath. So it was causing them to have different reactions on their scalp. And I was like, I want you to be able to, you know, get a wig if you choose to, but you should also be taking care of the hair that's underneath. So I kind of just started doing my research. And honestly, it's honestly just been Google research. But if I really took, when I take my time and go in depth, you see, okay, this is why they're losing their hair. It's it's either is too dry and they're using the wrong products. A lot of people, they don't know how to wear wigs. So my thing is, I want you to be able to take care of your hair underneath and still wear a wig and it'd be perfectly fine. Or even if you do have issues with your hair, make sure you're seeing a professional that can help you get it treated. Like there's nothing wrong with seeking help. So that's kind of why I really started keen on on ways to figure out how to protect your natural hair because I saw with a lot of my clients that they were having issues with their hair either it was their edges or it was the middle of their scalp and I didn't want to I didn't feel comfortable giving them a wig until I knew they were starting to get the treatment they needed for their issue. Okay. I like that a lot actually. As somebody who, you know, has nothing to do with wigs, I think that that's important, though, that that's you. It, I can I can feel the authenticity behind that. And I can feel that it's just not something of a matter of a lot of people come on here and express that same point. It's just not a matter of pushing product when you really get into a space, especially when you're getting into something that you're passionate about, that you may experience or that you can relate to that much more. You, you approach it from a different angle. But I also know that, you know, you did enter yourself into a space that how do I put it? I would say it's open for interpretation a lot because with women, you know, obviously they can have their own rhyme or reason for why they think things are happening. They can do their own research in a sense. They can just think they know, you know, but women are very uh, people. I'm not even just going to say women. I don't want to ruffle no feathers. Women, people are very opinionated. So people feel a certain type of way sometimes about certain type of things. But that leads me to my question of, okay, so branding yourself from the name to just what you wanted to your mission behind it, to what you really wanted to get out there, to who you wanted to appeal to. What was that process like? How did things start? How did Lavish Lux come to be what it is? I see you got the sign in the back. You got the fancy, come on, the light and with it. So yeah, what was really that process like for you getting your business up and running, but also, you know, still staying true to what you really started this for? So when I chose my name, I was like, Everything that I do with this business has to show that it's lavish or it's luxe, like it has that high quality. So I sell um, hair that is either raw hair and of a high quality. So I want to make sure that when you are going to spend your money and invest in some hair or a un- or when I say unit, I mean like a wig, that it's worth it, that you're not just spending money and wasting it. So it's something that's going to last. Um, all my hair lasts from a good two to three years. And I want to make sure that when you get hair from me, that my name is up to par, that the Lavish Lux collection stays up to par, that you know, okay, I can trust Kaya, she's reliable, and her hair is reliable. It's, I don't have an issue with that. And also through communication, it when you're communicating with clients, you want to make sure that, how do I want to say it? They have a good interaction with them that nothing, there's no bad business. I don't want my name to have any bad business on it. So I'm always asking my clients, how do you like your hair? How do you like your wig? How was the quality? How long did it last you? Stuff of that nature. I want feedback so I know how to proceed on the next step of how I want to, once I get bigger or just in general, I never want to provide anything that's not of good quality because for me, I want some good quality hair. Like my hair needs to be up to par. Like I want to make sure 
that my hair is not nappy. I don't I don't want that, especially if I'm putting so much money into it and so much time into it. Come on now. We can't have the uh we we see people, especially these days, I, I kinda have a well, I wouldn't even really say I have a love relationship with it. The only thing I love about the fact that people are so opinionated is that they speak their mind. You know, it's free speech. You can do whatever you want. But I hate the I hate seeing like people bash people for bad business, bad customer service. I hate seeing that like on the open social right. media. Granted, look, by no means accept bad customer service or not the right products or anything like that. I just hate when we put ourselves out there like that, like exposing people in a sense. So now nah, we can't have lavish lux collection on the front page talking about some scam or scam this scam. That. Yeah. So I, I feel that 100 percent. OK, so obviously I just listened to everything you said about the hair, about the product, about what goes into it, the longevity of it, the duration what it's really meant to do but just from me to you why is hair so expensive like okay i get that you know is it a production thing is it just the type of hair is it what's going on because okay what i'm comparing it to is i think of another expensive product or something that could be kind of costly sneakers but i also think about the cost to produce sneakers it's very minimal they at the end of the day they just putting a name on it so it's with a nike jordan adidas whatever the case may be it's just expensive what, what please take me a little onto a, in a little deeper dive into the hair world why is here i see some of these people with these prices and they putting up these units as we call them i do know a little bit of terminology i know yeah. the unit, but i'm seeing this stuff and i'm just like yo this stuff is high and that's not even to get it done that's just to get that actually in your possession there's still a <laughs> cost associated to get it done Where, yeah please walk me through a little bit of that please Okay, so I'll start from the beginning. So you actually have to find a vendor and you have to find a vendor that is actually good. So the part of testing hair. So you can get samples from many different vendors and you see which one you like. And usually for me, I'll actually get a bundle because the sample that they give you is like a piece of hair. So they try, you know, they try and play you. But like from reading and doing my research with people that I've already had experience with it, they tell you to, you know, get a bundle so you can actually test the hair, wash it and all of that. So you pay for that. And then once you figure out who you want your vendor to be, they have a price list. So when you're getting quality hair, I can tell you now, if you start around 20 inches, ladies love long hair. So you're starting to get into the 90s, the 100s for one single bundle. And a lot of people don't always have that wholesale, um, they don't have the wholesale price list. So for, for instance, my vendor, I don't have the wholesale price list. They go strictly bundle by bundle. So once I get the hair, I try to get it in bulk so it's not as expensive. So once I go over 10 bundles, that's when they kind of, you know, give me a better pricing. But then you have to also pay for shipping and you have to pay for if you are doing, I don't want to say drop shipping, but if you want them to have, if you're selling hair, I don't sell hair anymore. I just make units. But if you're selling hair and you want them to have your label on there or anything, you have to pay additional costs for that. So once it comes in my possession, all the hair that I get, I turn into a unit so that I profit more. So now we're talking about labor. So it takes you, it can take me from a day or two to make a wig and I'm making a wig with a sewing machine. So although it's quicker, it's still time consuming. So now I'm thinking about my time and how I can make a profit back from what I spent. So I kind of think that's just the gist of why so many wigs are so expensive. And people fail to realize that. They think that, okay, she made a wig, she customized it, but why is it $600? It's $600 because 
I had to pay this much for it and then I had to make it myself and style it. And if you want color, color takes some time. People think coloring is just, you know, like an hour process. I was highlighting hair this morning from 11 to 3. So I and it's just for one one wig. So I already know that your time, if you're if you really care about your time, you should price however you feel is necessary. And I don't ever want any, I'm never going to go say my hair is a thousand dollars if I'm only paying $200 like in total for it. Like I don't want to ever, you know, go out my way to just be greedy, but I also want to make sure you know that I took my time with this and I want you to know that I'm putting this price because I know this is fair and reasonable for everything that I did. Okay. <laughs> I feel very I feel very more informed now. Like, you know, I definitely did understand that. Like just from following a couple of people, just knowing because I mean the, the only person who I really could who I guess I knew about or who I knew who I would just find out everything from was Mecca. Not to say I was like talking to her and questioning her and stuff like that, but I would just follow a lot of her page, a lot of what she was doing. And I would see it, like just some of the work that she was putting in, just having it on that hit. Those little mannequin things are the funniest things in the world. <laughs> Just be messing with the styrofoam, yeah. But that's a story for another day. But no, I definitely do think it's important to to know your worth, to never compromise on that, especially when you know you're doing the research that you're getting the finest of the finest that everybody's not having. This that some people you know are even. I think where it becomes that mistrust or that kind of like just that side eye is just like, okay, well, what about the people who really aren't paying that much, who aren't really taking the time to do all of that, who aren't really, you know, like you said, eleven to three highlight. I I don't even know eleven to three. I did a lot of different tasks, not just one simple task. So that's a lot, you know, but I think it, it comes into play when people start to go overboard and, you know, they, they know darn well that they didn't pay that much for it or they didn't do this much to it. Yeah. So the quality is not really up to par and they, they charge them way out the wazoo for it. So, but I feel that, but you know, when you're, and that's why I think too, this, this industry, just the space that you're in can come with so much. It can be such like a seesaw. It can bounce up and down just because some people can make a bad rep for it. Some people could really have people out here not trusting it just because they're being dishonest or not really taking the true time or not getting the best quality. And once it's kind of shift or the payment is sent out of sight, out of mind, out of my hands type of thing. But it also kind of makes me wonder too with you. So you said, okay, you stopped selling the hair. You started really just focusing on the units. And for one, obviously it brought in the profit, but for two, just in my head, just listening to everything that you've talked about so far, it also kind of makes me think that you you did that, so to speak, just so that you would know, so that you were able to do more research so that you knew directly what you were giving people, what type of hair it was, what type of quality it was, it wasn't coming from said vendor here or said vendor there. So, but I still want to ask you just because there may have been a different motivation there. Why did you really go from just selling it to, to making your own unit specifically? Like what was that did something kind of motivate that transition or was it just a personal decision? It's kind of both. It's more of making the transition and then wanting to do more. So I was just selling hair just so I could kind of get my foot in the door and then keep learning from then on. I knew that eventually I wanted to start doing hair for real. So I was like, okay, let me try and make a wig. So I made a wig for myself and it actually came out really good. And I was like, hold on, like I'm about to start doing this. So, and then actually for just selling bundles and then making a unit, you're not going to make as much as selling bundles as you would for making a unit. And honestly, it's not all about money, but at the same time, You want to be, if you have a business, you want to make profit from it. So I know the profit margin from making, from selling bundles isn't as large as from making units. 
and it's less and I enjoy doing hair. So it gave me something to do. So that's where it kind of the transition came in. It was like, okay, this will allow me to actually be creative and create things that I like and have people, you know, interested in buying that unit instead of just getting hair and be like, oh, I like your hair. And then they're getting it installed by someone else. Like I have no problem with, you know, getting it installed with somebody else, but it's just like when you see your work on somebody else, it's a different type of satisfaction. All right now, talk that. So, okay, I like that a lot. And I definitely do understand the the margin. Like you said, it's definitely different when you're when one unit can be comprised of multiple bundles rather than just, you know, bundle, 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 kind of getting it off that way. Okay. So from the outside looking at for for me, for anybody who may not even be directly in that industry, but you don't know about hair or whatever the case may be. For somebody who goes through your page, for somebody who personal and business and just sees, you know, just the highlights of it all, just the, the good things that you're doing, what you're making, the behind the scenes and everything like that. Where do the struggles come in? Like what is mo you know, what is something where you wake up and like you said, whether it's dedicating four hours to just highlighting or shading or coloring, whether it's just, you know, the promotion of it all, what is it, whether it's just, you know, getting in contact with vendors, getting bundles, things not really panning out the way you expected them to be and the money being lost or wasted in the process. What are really some of the, the difficult things that come with the work that you're involved with? Um, I can say so there's some months where I'll have great months and then there's slow months. I'm not the type of person to really, you know, be worrisome of, okay, oh my gosh, I didn't make anything this month. I'm just someone, okay, I didn't make nothing this month. Now what I got to do next to make sure I'm profiting the next month or whatever it is. I'm not someone who ever gets discouraged with my business. I knew, I prepared myself for times that I was going to have slow business. So I was like, don't get discouraged and just keep going. So it can be a little difficult when you haven't had a good month, but it's never something that you can't overcome. So I knew that if I'm not making 4,500 one month, I know the next month I'm going to double that because I'm making a goal. I'm setting standards of this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. I don't know. Like for me, I'm very faith led. So anytime that I do see a struggle, I just run straight to the most high and I kind of let him just take over. I feel like when I start doing things of self and trying to do it my own way, it never works out. When I say it never works out, it never works out. I've tried to do it a couple of times and the most high was like, oh no, you're not going to do it like that. So being able to have my faith really take over my business really kind of made my business kind of go smooth for me. Even when I'm having a slow month, that doesn't bother me at all. So people that do have slow month, they start to panic. You're not going to see me panic because I know the most high is still going to provide however it may be, maybe not be through my business, but by a blessing by somebody else. So I know you said like, where are the struggles, but I never see anything that I do as a struggle because it's just like, I know that things like this is going to happen. So how am I going to recover from it? Or how am I going to better my business to make sure that it's getting reached and people are seeing my content? So, I mean, that's kind of all I have to say for that. I ain't mad at you, man. Look, that's I love that. I ain't, <laughs> ooh, that's an answer. We could stop it right now, but no, I, that's part of the reason. Well, no, not part of the reason, but that is solely why I just 
at this point in my life, like, and have been doing so, I don't even know how long I've been doing it, but I post thank you God every day. Like, you know, it's just a matter of realizing that, like you said, you, you can try to veer off from that path. You can try to just be on your own time. You can try to think that, all right, I got this. I'm good. You know, I'll be all right. Or I can finesse or He going to let you know every time, like, no, nah, I'm in control. You know? So you have to just, but I think it's, it's definitely important to realize that within business, to just recognize that you would be, you know, we would just be, we would live in too perfect of a world if we didn't prepare, like you said, or just account for bad things happening, rainy days, slow months, as you said. And y'all, she said slow months, but she also did say 4,500 a month. So I just want y'all to recognize that, like, if y'all ever see me start learning how to install units or just, you know, look, I'm thinking my eyes are on the prize, y'all. I, I didn't, that didn't go over my head. That might have went over y'all head. I was listening. But no, so whenever those things come, you know, you can be able to rebound from it. You can be able to have that defense mechanism in place to be okay. Whereas, you know, if you just, if you just live life as if, you know, I'm, I'm going to just take everything. I'm going to just go with the flow. I'm going to just let it rock out. I'm going to just, you know, we doing good. So I'm, I'm going to keep assuming that we're going to be doing good. Well, when that first little setback come or when you got to take a few steps back, it might hit you a little harder. It might hit you a little differently or it might discourage you differently. Whereas, you know, if you were prepared, if you recognize that this is what comes with the territory, it happens to the best of us. Kind of okay. It could be worse. Like you know, I could be. I could not be in business at all. I could not be. You know, this is just one month. I had eleven good months before that, or whatever the case may be. So I love that perspective that you have, and I think that that's only going to propel you. You know, moving forward. But I think that's good too because it'll it'll allow you to. I feel like you need. You know, we need. I don't know what people call them L's. You want to call them a loss, a lesson, a learning experience. We need all of that though because you know you always have to. There's always room for improvement. There's always something that you could be working on. There's always something that you could be getting better in or and maybe even learning about. So with that, with learning new things, with putting ourselves into new avenues, into new fields, is there anything that you're currently doing now that you really love that you want to explore more? Is there anything within your industry, within, you know, making units or just getting the hair and just kind of how you promote it and give it out to other people? Is there anything that you really want to explore as we get ready for this new year? Is there Are there any services that perhaps ladies or any of your supporters have come to you about that you may not be that versed or experienced on, but you're kind of looking forward to embracing that or opening into that? So actually, I'm starting cosmetology school in January. So um, for the next eight months, that's kind of my sole focus is to make sure that I'm um, being able to take in all the information that I can from school, learning everything that I can. Um, I know there's so much that I don't know. And I'm the type of person, if you want to be able to teach somebody, you have to continue to learn. So um, I'm excited for this next journey. I know that once I get licensed, um, when you're licensed, people tend to trust you more. So I know that, you know, because I kind of just do it freehand and I'm self-taught as of right now, I know that when I enter this next chapter, I'm going to learn how to color better. I'm going to learn how to highlight better. I'm going to learn how to cut. Like those things that actually you'll see the difference in my units. So I want to be able to have a progression and you see like my progress, you see that, okay, this was my first unit before school. And now here it is like throughout school and after school, like I want to be able to use the tools that I learned in school with my business. So I'm just all about learning and making sure I'm able to grow my business. As far as services, I don't really want to do hair. I know people are like, you should do hair, you should do installs, but that's not my focus. My focus is to really perfect my craft with my units. Like, I don't have an issue with doing installs. I know that's another way for like a stream of income, but I also don't want to lose 
focus on what my main goal is and that's to help women help with like their natural hair and stuff like that so and then also going to school I know they'll teach you like how to take care of your hair so that's really the focus and then making wigs for those type of women that have issues and I mean my wigs are for everybody don't get me wrong but um Specifically, I want women to understand that, yes, somebody is actually trying to get information on how to help you and get information on how, what type of, there's different type of wig caps. So there's like ventilation caps, there's mesh caps, and you want to be able to understand that, okay, this works better for you or this works better for you. Eight months, man. You about to be locked in. So definitely wishing you the best of luck with that. Um, I'm excited. You know, excited that I feel like it's something that I stress a lot with just in talking to business owners, entrepreneurs, people, just creative in general. Even something that I try to tell myself a lot is just be versatile. I feel like the key to success, the key to just network and the key to just getting your foot in those doors like we spoke about is being versatile the fact that you may not be the best at something the most experienced at it the fact that you can even do it maybe even hold a conversation know some terminology around it be able to kind of spark that discussion i think it'll only be a benefit to you but you so you know at the more as you learn and combine different things and i think that well what i'll say is i'll put an asterisk next to versatility i'll say that versatility is definitely important but it's even more beneficial when it can be to what you want to do to just in thinking about you know, from an investment side of things, if you invest in a lot of things that relate to one another or that as a result, pay one another or do well off of each other, naturally they correlate. Naturally, you have more success. If you are versatile in skills that are, are hand in hand with one another, then OK, you may not be able to do this, but you can do that. Somebody may be looking for they know what you do here, but they may ask, yo, Kaya, do you do, you do this, too? I know they're kind of a little bit different. You say, actually, I do. Cosmetology school, talk, you know, so I think that is cool to just have that connect, have that plug in there and be okay with that. So definitely wishing you, you know, the best of luck with that. And, and look, y'all, I, I told y'all I might, I might, I might have to join cosmetology school. So I don't know money is eight months from now. Y'all checking with me at like, what's the eight month? August? Yeah, yeah. y'all checking with me in August and we gonna see, you know, where it's at at that point. So, but I love that a lot, man. So has, has branding yourself has becoming, you know, obviously you're Kai, you do what you do, but has becoming a representative for the Lavish Lux collection, has that opened your eyes to anything? Has it taught you anything about yourself, about just the business side of things, about wanting to be a business owner or entrepreneur? Have you had any experiences where, you know, had you not been a business owner, had you not maybe even done some, some proper research, things could have went different for you? What has, you know, being a business owner really taught you since coming into business? Um, that there's going to be a lot of trial and error. So especially in the first couple of years of your business, you're definitely going to have a lot of trial and error. And trust me, I had a lot of trial and error and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that or I should have did this. But I'm glad I had those moments because now I know better. Um, Now I know for the future. OK, do not buy a wholesale list from somebody like, you know, trying to get you. I'm sorry, a vendor's list from somebody. Do your research. Like it, if you really want something, you need to do the research yourself. You can, it's so easy to find these vendors as well too. People are like, it's so hard. And when they say that, I'm gonna be honest with you, they're being lazy because there's no need to be lazy if this is something you have a passion for, this is something you'd like to do. And if it's your business, why should somebody else be doing the work for you? For me, I think that's really my main focus is like trial and error. I know I'm going to have more moments where I'm going to have trial and error again. So, I mean, I think that's like the biggest takeaway for me. 
But that's important. It's important to recognize that, you know, everything is not just going to go the way you want it to. It's important to, whereas you may not know necessarily what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, where it's going to happen. It's important to still be okay. It's important that that first step back or that first trial, or that first tribulation or error, as you put it, is not, it's not taking you out of business. It's not setting you so far back detrimentally or impacting you in a way where, you know, now obviously some things are out of our control, but you know, I always think about piss poor preparation for most piss poor performance. So it's just like, you know, if you're not, if you're not preparing properly, or if you're not, if you just don't have that, that rainy day foundation isn't set properly, then yes, it'll crumble every single time. So I love that. And I love that a lot. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Kind of piggyback off of um, you saying preparation. When it came to branding my business and really making sure I put out the right content, I was kind of doing it like half stepping. So, I would try to hurry up and get this done and then just put it out there without any like proof of like proofreading or doing certain research and putting content out there that's not correct. So doing that, I realized, okay, if I have set this, then that also makes my name of my business look bad. So it's like, I need to be putting my all into it. I need to do my research first. I need to make sure that when I am preparing that everything is, that everything is right. So when I say, I'm going to launch this day make sure I launch that day and not have those setbacks. Like I did have that setback this year, but for the future, I need to know, okay, I need to give myself some more time. I need to be able to prepare and not wait till the last minute to do something. Do it right then and there. And then, you know, as time goes on, you just continue to do it. So also actually preparation. You're absolutely right. I can... I honestly got to call myself off for that, too, just because. But I also think, too, it can go hand in hand with just making conscious decisions for your business, making the best decision in the time. Like you say, you could definitely hurry up, rush, get it out and things like that. But will that be of most benefit? Will it be received the same way? Will people miss it? Will the content still be, you know, will it still hold its value? Because rush content is way different from content where you take your time, spend some time. Eddie, you even feel different about it. You may even promote it differently. So something that that makes me relate to myself is so I told myself, really, I don't know at what point. Point I said it, but it was some point during the year I said, I'm going to have 100 episodes by uh, November 21st. That's my two year anniversary. So obviously that did not happen. This will be um, this is in my 80s right now. But, you know, it got to the point where I told myself, look, in order to hit that goal, I'm literally going to have to drop an episode every day, maybe even some two days. Now, granted, could I have locked in? Could I have done that? Yeah, I could have made it happen, like tunnel vision, like let's do it. But would that have benefited me? Would that have, you know, would I have been walking around here zombie, exhausted, like, you know, maybe not even the, maybe cut some corners when it comes to editing or promotion? Absolutely. Would I have slighted some people? Most definitely. Because how and why I say slighted is just because the purpose of these episodes are really just to sit, to marinate for a little bit. That's why I kind of drop them differently on different platforms. The only platform I drop them on same day is my website, YouTube. And Instagram TV. Otherwise, Twitter hears from me at a later time. Facebook hears from me at a later time. LinkedIn hears from me at a different time. And even my email list, when I send stuff out, it hears from me at a different time. I do that, you know, by design. I want everybody to get their rightful time. So by me, if I would have just jam packed 20, 30 episodes within the course of a month, to a month and a half, it would have just, it wouldn't have hit the same. People wouldn't have got their time right. I wouldn't have been promoting right. I would have been a madman kind of running around with it like a chicken with my head cut off. But it got to the point where I knew I had goals for myself. I knew I wanted certain things. I knew I wanted to get this out. I knew I wanted to interview a certain individual. That's the process. It's just a matter of, am I going to rush all this content, get it out now, feel good about myself in December? Or could I just take my time, calculate a risk, 
meet some still dope individuals, and then come December, I still feel good about myself. So at the end of the day, as long as I hit 100 episodes before my three-year anniversary, I'm still on track for my goals. You got you to make some adjustments sometimes. So that's that's really all it goes to show. But I think that that's a great point with you. And I think that that's something to remember for anybody, for the creative process. You can't rush that. You can't, you know, just want to put things out because you want to put things out. You can't just want to put things out in hopes of making money. You, you take your time. You take those calculated, you know, those steps to really get to where you need to be. So before we, you know, give the people, well, more so give the ladies, but fellas, y'all, y'all need her too as a plug. You know how she taught me some stuff today. So man, she might, we, we might have to all get the, the units in the cosmetology school. Popping yeah, but nah, so before we kind of wrap things up and tell people where they can get in contact with you and stuff, is there anything that you feel like we haven't touched on today, whether it just be about you as a business owner, you personally, just any message that you may even want to leave for the ladies out there, whether it be in forms of education, people in your industry, people even looking to become their own business owners? Of course, just making sure that you don't give up when things get hard. Like, don't feel as though, okay, I can't do this right now. When you do that, it makes it harder for you to continue. So even in the midst of those hard times, continue to go hard. Like, continue to, if you're not seeing anything, like, if you're not getting any profit from anything that you're doing, continue to do so. Because one day somebody's going to hit you up and be like, oh, I want such and such from you. And then it'll go from there. Like, um, there was never a point where I was like, oh my gosh, people aren't seeing my business. People were seeing it. They just weren't purchasing. But then all of a sudden, people started purchasing. And that kind of just made me go harder. So once somebody gets their first purchase, then they're like, okay, this makes me want to go harder. So don't give up and just keep going. And then also, if you are, allow prayer to really be in the center of your business. For me, that's a big part of my business. I want to make sure that before I do anything, I'm praying on it and asking the most high to direct me in the right path of what I should be doing. So for me, definitely prayer, 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 prayer. Um, I'm heavy on that. So I like that. I I will always echo that message 100%. Absolutely right. Just in thinking from the fact that, you know, somebody is always watching. I love the idea that it was something that was foreign to me in the beginning. I just felt like, you know, well, not only the people who are supporting or commenting or reposting or obviously they the ones that's watching. Because why would a, a friend of mine or family member of mine or somebody who I consider, you know, close just watch my stuff and not, you know, support or not repost or anything like that. But then it got to the point where it was just like, you know. People are going to be people. You can't attribute or hold anybody to any type of standard. That's why I don't place expectations on anybody. You know, even for the people who support me, obviously, I love you to death, but I love you to death even if you're not a supporter. But that still, that shouldn't, you know, dictate the worth of your business, the worth of what you do, your worth at that point. You always post. You always, like you said, you keep God first. You do what you have to do. Because at the end of the day, the right person is going to tick off. It's it's going to happen how it should happen. It's going to, it, it really makes me think about that. That Bobby Schmurter post that he put up, how basically his one hit song like was literally $20. It was an hour in the studio and it just blew up. And he had everybody out here doing the dance. We was, throwing the <laughs> we was doing all of that. But that literally came from $20 and just some, you know, just somebody going to get onto this. So you never know, you know, your next big break. You can wake up tomorrow and be viral. You see it happen all the time. So it's just like. I love that message a lot. So, all right. So for the ladies, man, for the, cause I have some hair enthusiasts, some hair advocates that I follow that are on the page that I definitely feel like, you know, y'all could definitely have some dope collaborations or even learn from each other. Just the same for anybody, you know, looking to get in contact with you, looking to learn more information, looking to follow along the journey and even get into some of these new services after you finish cosmetology school, where can we, uh, where can we find you? Where can we lock in with you at? 
can find me on Instagram at underscore the lavish Lux collection. And then in the bio, you'll be able to find my email, my number, if you ever have to contact me. All right now. And we're gonna make sure it's A is Lux with an E, y'all. Some people don't spell Lux with that E. You gotta you gotta put that E on. We're gonna put that respect on it. So we definitely gonna make sure we include all of that information in the bio. But I appreciate you, Kai. I appreciate you one for you know getting on here. You educated me a little bit today. You I might have some people, some of the ladies gonna be like, You ain't know that or that's and that. But me, I'm not afraid to admit when I don't know something like around, you know, or I'm not the most educated on it. But I feel like there's so much that goes on just in the hair industry, units, installs. It, it was a lot. So I'm glad we got to clear some things on my end now. Moving forward, it'll definitely make a lot more sense. But to you, I thank you just, you know, for what you're doing, for not only recognizing that there was a problem amongst us, but amongst women. And you really trying to, you know, combat that because that's not the easiest thing to do. It's not easy one to step on your own, but it's not easy to step on your own to combat a problem that people are opinionated about, that people have feelings about, that people may even feel like, you know, oh, well, that's not right. Well, there's still more to it or anything like that. So the fact that you're staying steadfast to it, learning and improving along the way, I love that. So I'm definitely excited to see what comes from it. I'm definitely excited for the new ventures and eight months. is, is It sounds like a very long time, but this year is basically over. So it, it shows right. you how fast it can go. So yeah, wishing you nothing but the best of luck. Thanking you. Um, thinking, yeah, of course. Thanking everybody out there for always tapping in, tuning in, and showing love. This has been another episode of the Down to Business Podcast. Here with Tamar Turner. Thank you.